This episode of On the Beat is brought to you by Ingles. Shop online with Ingles curbside pickup. New curbside stores opening every week. Please welcome Mike Griffith. Well, hey everybody, Mike Griffith here and welcome to tonight's Ingles On the Beat. A very interesting show coming up from the Signature Flight Center here at the Miami International Airport, right outside the Miami International Airport where a lot of the chartered flights come in and um, I guess it was about an hour and a half ago that the Georgia Bulldogs deplaned and got on their team buses and, and headed to the team hotel in downtown Miami where they're going to begin their Orange Bowl prep in earnest. Of course, the dogs practiced this morning. You know Kirby Smart. Uh, this is not going to be a team that's not prepared, obviously. They practiced this morning back in Athens. They practiced on Christmas Day, and Kirby's fired up about that. We're going to talk more about that later. So, uh, you've probably seen some articles on DogNation.com, Connor Riley with an arrival story, an arrival roster story. I've put up a story on DogNation.com, five things from Kirby Smart tonight at the airport uh, after getting off that Delta flight. So here's the news. You kind of figured that Brock Bowers wouldn't be here. He's not here. Amarius Mims also not here. Uh, Damon Wilson, the edge rusher, may have had surgery. Those are the three notables that right now we, we believe are not here. Obviously, we saw for sure Bowers and Mims uh, did not come off the plane. Brock Bowers is a guy that you'd have to say is probably headed to the NFL. He hasn't declared it yet. He hasn't made an announcement. Uh, to my knowledge, what I have heard is that a lot of these Georgia players are going to wait until after the bowl game to make announcements. They don't want to be distractions. But to me, the fact that Brock Bowers is not here, kind of the writing on the wall and uh, of a legendary career. I mean, the guy's a two-time national champion, uh, obviously a two-time All-American. He was a freshman of the year. Uh, as Kirby Smart said, with him being less than 100%, kind of hard for him to contribute. Kirby also said probably came back sooner than than maybe he should have from that injury or maybe than a lot of people thought he would uh, from that tightrope surgery. Only missed 26 days, but remember – Brock did everything he could to keep this team in a national championship hunt. That's why he was back. Uh, so that's kind of the news. Some interesting names that are also here. Ryan Puglisi here. Uh, obviously, the quarterback, incoming quarterback. A lot of mid-year guys are here. Ellis Robinson, talented cornerback. Uh, Justin Williams, five-star linebacker. So you've got a lot of guys that are going to get some really key experience by being on site with the Georgia Bulldogs down here at the Orange Bowl. They're going to continue their practices tomorrow. Uh, this is just like a regular game week. It's Tuesday. The game is Saturday. It's hard to believe, isn't it, that this game is just a few days away, um, 4 p.m. on Saturday at Hard Rock Stadium. And, you know, Kirby made it feel like uh, this is just like any other game. I mean, there there was no sense of, oh, boy, they're, they're just here to have a good time. I mean, this seems like a very dialed-in team watching the Georgia players get off of that flight uh, you know, it was like a dog walk. Everybody, you know, dressed up and game faces on. Just really looked like a team that was focused and determined on a, on a very important bowl game. And I know that, um, you know, when we're going to get into it a little bit later on as far as, you know, why this is an important bowl game. I don't think people really – the people that say it's not, I don't think are really in tune with the Kirby Smart program. Um if you've covered the program, if you've been around the program, if you've gotten to know the players, if you've gotten to know the coaches, then you probably have a really good idea what I'm talking about uh, as far as uh, what's going on 
in the minds of these Georgia football players right now. I thought it was interesting. You know, typically, if a guy's in the portal, they typically don't come to bowl games. And yet, Connor Riley reporting that Daniel Harris, the freshman cornerback, spotted coming off the airplane. Um, obviously, Kirby doesn't like to lose freshmen. And he talked about that with the portal. I mean, if a guy is in his third year, maybe even a second year midterm and really, and they're still not playing, then it's probably a good idea for them to look elsewhere. But when it's a freshman and the guy is still developing, you know, Kirby's mindset is, well, why did you come here in the first place if you're not going to give it a chance, if you're not going to give yourself the time to develop? So the fact that Daniel here, that tells you Kirby still wants this guy. Otherwise, he wouldn't be here. Also, Jared Zirkle here. And Kirby said, look, you know, this is a guy who's graduated. This is a guy that's been in the program, what, four or five years. Asked me to come on the trip, wants to kick. Kirby says, why not? Right. It's not like this trip is overflowing with bodies with what 18, 19 other guys in the portal. So Kirby says, why not? Uh, so, you know, Jared's, you know, Jared Zirkle on this trip, Kirby said, you know, not even sure he's going anywhere. Just put his name in the portal to see what was out there. So uh, that's a name to keep an eye on. Two names that may be in the portal that could end up sticking with Georgia that are on this trip. Daniel Harris, Jared Zirkle. And, uh, you know, London Humphreys, the, the transfer from Vanderbilt on this trip. Obviously, I don't think you're going to see him playing the game, but very important to get these repetitions in. Uh, obviously, Georgia has been more aggressive in the portal this year than in past seasons. And I, and I think that's twofold. Uh, one, I think Kirby Smart is absolutely uh, dialed in for another national championship run. Georgia in 2024 is going to go into next season as one of the national championship favorites with Carson Beck coming back. That's huge. And Kirby is going to be aggressive and get the playmakers to put around Beck. I mean, you don't go out and re-sign Beck or you know, whatever monetary figure you want to put on it, millions in terms of NIL dollars. Uh, you don't put that investment on Carson Beck if you're not trying to win championships and maintain that momentum. I think Kirby Smart understands the importance of momentum. You've seen how Alabama's carried that from year to year to year. I expect that to be the case at Georgia from year to year to year under Kirby Smart. I think it's the same thing, uh, maybe even a little bit better because of Kirby's age, whereas Nick Saban is a guy every year you wonder, is he going to retire? Uh, not a lot of um, carryover on that staff. There's been a lot of changes. I think Bama kind of got it done uh, against the odds. I mean, <laughs> the Milrow miracle, I was there on the plains. I mean, fourth and 31. I mean, let's face it, Alabama was lucky to win that game. Uh, if Alabama doesn't win that game, I think we're probably doing this live show from another airport, uh, probably in New Orleans right now. But here it is. Uh, it's the Orange Bowl. This is where the dogs are at. This is where the dogs are going to play. I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, I want to take your questions and I want to tell you the mindset that Kirby Smart and his players are operating with and, and, and why I think it's important that Georgia fans really get behind what's happening here. I think this is really a key opportunity for Georgia fans to stay in tune with their players. It's very important to stand behind the people uh, that you know you can trust. And I'll tell you, um, Ingles has stood behind this program. We've stood behind Ingles uh, for years since they've sponsored On The Beat. We appreciate that. Ingles was there uh, to help get us through that COVID crisis. They continue to be there to serve you. Uh, tremendous customer satisfaction at Ingles. Let's take this moment now and recognize our sponsor, Ingles. 
Did you know that Ingalls sells more organics than any other store? Or that they run their own dairy? Or that they only serve USDA choice and prime meat? Did you know that they have more local craft beer than any place else? Or that they have energy smart stores? Or that they professionally slice and package imported cheese from Europe? Did you know about their giant international aisle, local farm partnerships, curbside pickup, wine department? Or that they donate 3,956 meals a day to local food banks? Well, now you do. It's all in the bag. Ingles, low prices, love the savings. Welcome back to the program. Mike Griffith here. You're watching a special presentation of Ingles on the Beat. It's Tuesday night. Typically, we don't do the show on Tuesday nights, but with Monday night being Christmas, uh, you know, we wanted to come out to the viewers and go live from the airport here in Miami. Um, I'm at the Miami, uh, right outside the Miami International Airport uh, doing this program at the uh, Signature Air Center where Georgia just arrived um, a little over an hour ago. And saw the Bulldogs getting off of the, the airplane, got a pretty good idea um, to see who was on the flight. Um, again, uh, some charter flights coming in all around me here in Miami. I uh, wanted to do the program and, and talk about the importance of this bowl game. Uh, it's important for Georgia because it's an opportunity for these seniors to do something that's never been done. And that's win 50 games uh, over the course of their careers. And Kirby said, everybody's focused on that number, uh, that 50 game number. And this is a group of guys that have come in here and really changed and elevated Georgia's place in the collegiate football world. I mean, the dogs have been among the best in college football for years. They have the longest bowl streak in college football right now. And, and I haven't checked these records, but I think you'd be hard pressed to find another team that's won seven consecutive bowl games, or excuse me, six consecutive bowl games and finished in the top 10 six consecutive years. I, I don't know any other teams that have done that. Georgia has. Also an opportunity to beat an undefeated team in a bowl game for the third time in four years. Who else has done that? I, I mean, again, a lot of these numbers and all these stats and these historical achievements they haven't even been flushed out they're not even in the game notes yet but there's going to come a time when people look back at georgia 2021 2022 2023 and they're going to compare to those great miami teams when you think of miami 2000 2001 2002 or 0102 or mid 90s nebraska they're going to talk about the early 20s georgia this is going to be regarded as one of the five greatest eras in modern college football history if not the top two or three, and arguably, uh, you know, the best one, when you take a look at that 29-game win streak, the only other team in the college football playoff era that did that was Clemson. And Clemson didn't – I don't even know if they played. I don't think they beat half the number of top five teams. This is George's opportunity to beat a seventh top five team in the last three seasons, and that's just remarkable. And I, I think it's going to – teams are going to be very hard-pressed to match this 29-game win streak much less all these other things that George has accomplished. And they've got it done because of the connection that these players have with each other. And, and Kirby started that whole connection deal back during COVID when he noticed when the players were apart. And he said, you know what? They've got to find a way to do extra to keep this team tight. And through that connection, and, and I don't know that it necessarily was intended to help them once the portal came along, but it has. So when I hear people say, oh, this, this game doesn't matter, I go, what, what are you talking about? It matters more than ever. The fact that Georgia is playing in a non-playoff game and they still have all these players committed to playing for the G, 
to playing for one another, to playing for their fan base. That says everything about program building. That says everything about culture. This is the best possible advertisement that outside of being in the playoffs that Georgia football could have. You know, on it's like the haves and the have-nots. On one side, you've got Florida State, which is, you know, disintegrating right before your eyes. And then on the other, you have this Georgia team that's sticking together and has, you know, first-rounder, you know, Kamari Lassiter out there getting off the plane. He's going to play. Bowers would play if he's healthy. Ladd McConkey may be headed to the NFL, uh, but he's going to try to play. All these dogs that are – Cedric Van Pran will be the first center off the board. He doesn't need to play. He's going to play because they think that's what they want to do for their program. And if you're shopping for a program um, to send your player to or if you're a recruit, you want to go where they're invested. You want to go where they're all in. And George has managed to build that sort of culture. So I, I think that's really important that the Bulldogs have that connectedness. You know, remembering back to Kirby's post-game speech after that loss to Alabama, he said, this team's not going to fragment. And it was, it was a statement. It was a declaration. And then I compared that to the video of the Florida State head coach Mike Norvell at their watch party when he gets up and tries to get everybody's attention and guys just keep walking out, you know, it's just, it is what it is. And, and, and I'm not trying to, to be down on Florida state. What I am trying to do is contrast what Georgia, Georgia has to what Florida state doesn't have. And that's unity and that's camaraderie and that's esprit de corps. And those are the things that make the difference. Everybody can do the right thing and have the right attitude when things are going your way. What happens when things don't go your way? All we hear Georgia talk about all season long is handling adversity, right? What did Kirby say? Well, these guys these guys can take a punch. That's what he said when the other team scored touchdowns on like five opening drives, right? Even made light of it. And at the time, you're just kind of like, I don't know. This is crazy. Why do they keep him? But the fact is they could take a punch. The fact is this team has proven they can handle adversity. The fact is leadership has been put on trial. Last summer – there were in last off season, there were some very difficult circumstances that have been very well documented. And how would Georgia respond to that? 12 and one is how they responded to that. A three point loss to Alabama on a neutral field in an SEC title game on a day Georgia didn't play well, didn't get the breaks. You play that game 10 times, it comes out 10 different ways. You don't always win it. That's the fact of the matter. You don't always win it. And Georgia didn't get the breaks they needed. They didn't play particularly well. And so adversity strikes. So what happens? Does, does everybody bolt? Does everybody leave? Does everybody say the heck with it because the streak's over at 29 games because there's not a championship? Now you find out about your leadership. Now you find out about your character and the level of buy-in that these players have to one another and to that G on their helmet that so many fans now flock to. Here's the thing. Some of the fans are bandwagon fans. Let's be honest. The, the Georgia fan base has swelled incredibly uh, with the success that the teams had. And that's a compliment. That's what you want. You want to see Georgia paraphernalia being sold in that footlocker in Minnesota and California and Maine, in addition to the Southeast region. You want the Georgia brand to be prominent, right? I mean, I spent a couple days in Miami, uh, very international city, by the way, uh, as most of you probably know. I didn't see a lot of team gear, but I saw some Georgia gear. 
And, and I said, wow, you know, George is really traveling. This has really become something else. That, that's what you aspire to. But part of what comes with that is that some of the newcomers, some of the, the, the fair weather, the fringe fans, let's call them, they don't really get it, right? They, they, just, they just know George is the championship team. And now, now that George is not a championship team, they go, oh, this doesn't matter. No, 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 no. You weren't here before, obviously. You don't understand what these fans went through for 41 years. You appreciate 12 and one seasons. You appreciate SEC championship games. That's not easy. That's not a given in the SEC, especially when you look at the schedule and the way it worked out for George. Yeah, they caught some breaks early, but it caught up with them. They ended up playing two top 10 teams and a top 25 team in November and finishing with three road games. That's not easy. Okay. Alabama had a game with UT Chattanooga in there before the Auburn game. They had a breather game. And then they caught a break on a, what, fourth and 31 pass. I mean, Georgia had to go through the front door. Missouri, Ole Miss, at Tennessee, at Georgia Tech. And, and, and the Jackets took a bite out of them. I don't understand that. I know a lot of Georgia, this where I, this where me and some of the Georgia traditionalists, I'm like, people are like, oh, I can't wait for Georgia Tech to be good. This will be a good game. And I'm like, you really want them to be good? Are you sure about that? Because that's a dangerous team. Brett Keyes looked like a dangerous guy to me. We'll save that conversation for another day but that game took something out of georgia not to mention you had some guys that coached at georgia that knew exactly how to game plan for them you don't think alabama went to school off that georgia tech game plan of course they did so i see robert brown great comment from robert doesn't care what game they're playing he's got the same attitude kirby smart does look they're here to win okay and they have gotten after it this week um when georgia takes the field if the scoreboard's turned on, there's a certain standard that Kirby Smart brings, and that's not going to change under his leadership. That's not going to change under his direction. By the way, the new secondary coach that replaced Fran Brown also on this trip. Georgia transitions so quickly. Uh, it, it's absolutely amazing. And, and I'll say this. When Georgia lost to Alabama, and walked out of Mercedes-Benz Stadium and said, boy, this is, this is going to be tough. We didn't know what Carson Beck was going to do. Didn't know how many guys were going pro. And thought to myself, boy, this, this is going to be tough. The streak is over. Don't know what's going to happen in 2024. I've seen that schedule. It's gonna, it, it looks very difficult next year. Um, will Georgia I, – I was wondering, could this be the end of Georgia's championship era? Will there be another – excuse the, the airplane noise here in the hangar – um, could, will there be another national championship team under? I really wondered that. And the last time I wondered that was after they got beat badly by LSU in the SEC title game in Joe Burrow in 2019. And then the next day, Sam Pittman says he's leaving. And I was thinking back then, uh, oh my gosh, you know, th that was it for Georgia. And Kirby Smart rebuilt. And before you knew it, there were back to back national champions. So there I was walking out of Mercedes-Benz Stadium 27-24 that night thinking, boy, I don't know if George is going to – not only did Kirby get Carson Beck back, but he got him back so early in the portal window that all this momentum has been generated. Trevor Etienne, this is huge. This is huge. Etienne, to me, is a DeAndre Swift-level player. I mean, I think this is a home run hitter from anywhere on the field. I've talked to a lot of my Florida friends. They say, Mike, this guy is a great character, great locker room guy. This kid is amazing. Florida is brokenhearted to lose a strong character player with this home run 
ability from anywhere on the field. This is a dynamic playmaker. I mean, I can't stress enough what it means to have Trevor Etienne in this backfield. It's it's just huge. Like like I said, I envision DeAndre Swift, who I think is unbelievable, uh, explosive player that could do it all. Um, Trevor Swift, Foster Moss says. This Colby Young, right? Like I said, I wrote this story. It's like flashbacks to Lawrence Cager. He's six foot five. He's from Miami. Uh, this is your jump ball guy. Now, Cager was a baseball star. This guy was a basketball star. He led his high school conference in like dunk ratio. This guy's a baller. I mean, so you get into the red zone, it's like throw it up for Colby. I mean, the guy had five touchdowns at Miami. I'm guessing he will double that at Georgia next season. This is an impact red zone player. Mike Bobo's got to be thrilled with this pickup. Uh, Kirby obviously loves the character of this guy. Uh, and then Xavier McLeod, another one of these young defensive linemen, because let's face it, that's where the dogs really lack some punch. I know Zion Logue has moved on. I've seen him say he's going to the East-West Shrine game. I haven't heard anything from Stackhouse yet. I've heard Brinson's coming back. This is big, okay? This is a big-time area of need for Georgia, and, and Kirby's going to try to do it right. I think Big Baby's back uh, in the middle. Um, this is an eye area to really keep an eye on. But offensively, is where I think you're going to continue to see Georgia make. I don't think they're done in the portal quite yet. I also think that Lad McConkey's decision could be important. Now, I've, I've leaned on Lad leaving, and I understand why. I mean, this is a dynamic, explosive playmaker. I'm Maybe I'm getting carried away, but when Lad's at 100%, I feel like he moves like Christian McCaffrey. I know he doesn't have that power. I know he's not that big yet, but when I look at his quickness – it's just on another level, and I know that Lad will have success in the NFL. I know that, but I wonder when we're talking about a guy like Lad McConkey that's been a part of two national championships, that's won the Warfel Award as a community figure. You know, what would it mean if Lad McConkey came back and was part of a third national title? Would he be the statue? Would he be a Hall of Famer? Obviously, your two first ballot Hall of Famers right now are Jordan Davis and Brock Bowers. Those are the guys, and Kirby Smart. Those are the three guys from this era that is just a slam dunk, no-brainer. They are going into the Hall of Fame the first moment that their names appear on the ballot. Kirby Smart, Brock Bowers, Jordan Davis. Book it. It's, it's slam dunk. Those are the guys. If you're going to build statues, it's Jordan Davis and Brock Bowers. You can't build statues of everybody. Those are the guys. Without Jordan Davis coming back, there's no there's no 2021 title, and then there's no 2022. Jordan Davis is the guy that sold the team on Kirby Smart and the work ethic and the no-name defense, which was huge under Dan Lanning. Brock Bowers was the most integral figure on the offense. Teams could not figure out how to line up, how to stop this guy. Everybody had a plan, and none of the plans worked. Okay, Brock Bowers was your MVP. Those are the two guys. If Lad McConkey comes back, for another season and is that thousand yard receiver i think lad could be a hall of famer i don't know the value of that to a college guy i don't know what else goes into the decision i know that he's going to play in the nfl i think that his medical will be important obviously this was not a marquee season for lad there were injuries he came back and played through remember that game at a what like 150 yards receiving when the first game bowers missed and kirby said nobody's going to replace brock bowers well guess what lad mcconkey did in the very next game he had like 154 yards. No offense to Brock Bowers, but McConkey got it done that game. But then Lad got hurt late. A healthy Lad McConkey, you beat Alabama, okay? 
or a healthy Brock Bowers. If you have both of them healthy, they probably win by two touchdowns. As it is, you got two guys that couldn't separate. And Carson doing his best um, without much of a run game, uh, with Alabama winning the line of scrimmage, with Alabama coaching more aggressively, going for two fourth downs. Um, so you wonder. Um, good to see uh, a Florida State fan in here talking up Georgia. Panama Jack, the Florida State fan. Uh, sorry to see what's happened to the Seminoles. It's challenging. Uh, can only imagine what your school is going through. Almost feel like the Seminoles are paying for the sins of decades ago when they had the opportunity to join the SEC and chose not to. Um, the 1990s was very good to Florida State. It was a great run for the Seminoles. And Mike Norvell has brought Florida State back into prominence, and this 13-0 record was very impressive. Um, unfortunately, the quarterback injuries uh, decimated Florida State's punch. And they didn't look like one of the four best teams. And, and this was one of the years they decided to go with the four best teams. There's been other years they've gone with most deserving. Kirby Smart's been there. I don't think it's any consolation to Florida State fans. Kirby said it, and I think he was a little ticked off that people didn't notice it. But he said, look, Georgia's been there in that number four or five spot two or three times. They get it. He felt like they were wrongly left out in 2018. So did Kirk Herbstreit. So did I. So did Paul Feinbaum. I still complain about 2018 because Georgia was wronged, okay? Uh, this year, you could make the case. None other than Steve Spurrier. In a phone conversation with me last week, Spurrier says, how do you drop from one to six when you lose a game by three points? He says he's never seen that. Spurrier making a case for Georgia. That's where it's at, right? But instead, all the talk has been about Florida State. Oh, Florida State wants to pull out. Florida State this, Florida State. Look, Georgia's pretty pissed off, too. Sorry to say it that way, but there's no other way to say it. Georgia's a hornet's nest, too, Kirby said. And uh, I'm going to take a break now. I want to recognize – and when I come back, I'm, I'm going to give you the hot and cold. I've got this story up. I'm going to give you some more hot news and some more hot takes, uh, along with something that was pretty cool that I noticed. But first, I want to recognize our sponsor, Anytime Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Uh, take this break and recognize them. You're watching On The Beat with Mike Griffin. Anytime heating, cooling, and plumbing. Our family has been making sure Georgia fans and their families are comfortable for over 20 years. Let us do the same for yours. Anytime. Service repairs and replacement with trained systems. Our trained comfort specialists are carefully selected to visit your home and offer you a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Anytime offers an annual three-visit comfort plan starting at just $155. Visit anytimehvac.com for details. Anytime. Large enough to take care of your heating, cooling, and plumbing, but small enough to care. So important. Let me tell you, that annual maintenance is something you do want to check out. <laughs> you want to make sure those filters are good and the units are running uh, right when you get into winter. You don't want to have them going down in the, in the middle of the night. So that's a really good planning there. Appreciate our sponsor, Anytime Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Um, so the article I wrote, there were five things from Kirby Smart, five takeaways that I went with. Uh, again, here at the What's the name of this place? The, the Signature the signature Flight Support Center. Uh, this is where Georgia arrived just a couple hours ago. That chartered Delta flight came in. There's another Georgia flight that's coming in. Um, uh, huge travel party for the Bulldogs, obviously. And this is a championship-level program. They do everything first class. Josh Brooks uh, you know, really knows how to run a football program along with Kirby Smart. It's, I just can't imagine – 
uh, a stronger team than what Brooks and, and Kirby uh, put together. So if you missed the start of the show, uh, Brock Bowers and Marius Mims not on the trip. That was expected that they wouldn't be here. Marius projected first-round pick. He was injured in the SEC championship game. Bowers also injured another projected first-round pick. Uh, have somebody tell me what well, Brock Bowers is going to make sure he's at the game. Wouldn't be surprised uh, if Amarius was as well. Kirby says, look, he's proud of these guys that are dying to play. He said, everybody's acting like Georgia players aren't going to play. He said, our guys are going to play. Our guys want to play. Our guys are excited to play. Like, he made that very clear. Georgia wants this 50th win for the outgoing senior class. That will be a program record for the Georgia Bulldogs. They get that 50th win. I believe they're about a 17-point favorite over Florida State right now. This is a school that Georgia recruits against, and this is an important game. You think about South Georgia kids. You think about North Florida kids. They're going head-to-head with the Seminoles on some players. You saw that recently with KJ, right? I mean, the fact that he flipped in the end uh, was a huge flip for Georgia over Florida State. Georgia needs to make a statement against Florida State in this game on Saturday. Georgia needs to win this game by three or four touchdowns. They need to leave no doubt so that down the road, when there's two, when there's a recruiter two waffling on which school to go to, Kirby needs to make it clear. This needs to be one of those statement games. These guys that came back that are playing in this game connected, they didn't come back to come out uh, with a seven-point lead. These guys came out to finish on top. This is really important that they get that taste out of their mouths. And winning in Orange Bowl, the 90th Rose Bowl, excuse me, the 90th ever Orange Bowl, uh, that's a big accomplishment. It's a big-time bowl game. Hard Rock Stadium is an incredible venue. Uh, yeah, Kirby says he doesn't know exactly what to expect from Florida State. He said it doesn't matter. He said Georgia's approach is this not about them. It's about Georgia. He said we really don't know. It doesn't matter. Trying to play to our standard. I said, okay, you know, Kirby was, he was, you could tell, like, he's ready for the game now. Like, he said, he's anxious to see these guys play because they've had some really good practices. Christmas Day and earlier today, he said, very good practice, a lot of good on good. He said, the way you deal with it when you're not sure what the other team's going to do, and obviously, Florida State's got some really other to do with some opt outs. He said, you go a lot of good on good, a lot of one on one. He said, these have probably been the best bowl practices they've had in terms of going one-on-ones instead of against the scout team. So these guys have really challenged one another. It's been some really good work. Uh, Kirby said it's up to Brock Bowers as he play, if he plays, but in the same breath, he said, look, the guy's not 100%. Um, you know, he, he, came, he went through all the meetings back in Athens. He said the guy probably played earlier than he should have. Uh, and he went out there and really competed in those games at the end of the season, did everything he could. Uh, to try to leave Georgia back in the playoffs. And as far as Lad McConkey, again, a guy that everybody is following closely. I mean, there's some guys on the fence. I think Lad McConkey uh, and Javon Bullard are the two guys most pivotal right now. These are two championship difference-making players. Uh, I remember Gene Stallings told me one time when I covered Alabama 30 years ago, he said, if you think about it, there's usually four or five plays in every game that, that really determine the outcome of, of a big-time game. McConkey and Bullard are two of those players uh, that can make those big-time plays that change games. Those are the two guys to watch this week and really keep an ear to the ground to. What are they going to do? Because neither one of them is first round. I don't believe either one of these guys is a first-round pick. Both of them lost time with injuries this year. Neither one of them had the kind of season they would have wanted to have. Both of them are potential college football Hall of Famers. Now, 
That's not to say the College Football Hall of Fame is above and beyond the most important thing. Um, or to say that winning a third national championship would mean more than going to the NFL and maybe having a chance at a Super Bowl. But I wonder now with the way college football is moving, all the NIL deals and the associations that players have with programs, I wonder what is the value of being a college football Hall of Famer uh, in terms of your career, in terms of your future life in Georgia. What's the value of a three-time national champion? Who could say that? If Georgia were to win a national championship next year, who would be the guys that we would say were major contributors for three years? And, and I guess it's kind of lost on me who that would be, right? Um, so that I, I watch these guys closely, and that's all I'll say. Kirby says lads practicing. Kirby says lads fielding punts. And we'll just have to wait and see what their decision is going to be. Kamari Lasseter didn't have to be on this trip, didn't have to play in this game. Kamari Lasseter is a first-round talent. Okay, Kamari Lasseter is going to determine his draft stock at the NFL Combine. One more game on film is not going to break him, but he is here for his teammates. And I think that says a lot. I think NFL teams take note. I look at it like this. I watched the Las Vegas Raiders play the Kansas City Chiefs on Christmas Day. I don't know how many of you saw that game. The Raiders aren't going to the Super Bowl. They're not going to the Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to the playoffs either. I think there's some bizarre mathematical chance. doesn't matter. Players play. And now that NIL is involved and players at the college level are getting paid, I think players are going to play. I think you're going to see a new trend for bowl games. I think part of NIL deals and collective money is going to be predicated on representing the school through the season. You're getting paid to play. What? Can you imagine if somebody covered a football team and said, you know what? I'm opting out of the coverage because the team's not playing for a championship. They'd be like, okay, yeah, that's the door. You're fired. You don't just opt out of your job, right? But in college, it was like, well, come on. These guys aren't getting paid. They got to think about themselves. Well, now they are getting paid. And now they got to think about themselves. No, you got to think about the team. This is why the Philadelphia Eagles are stacked with Georgia players because of the culture that Kirby Smart has created. Now, I'm not saying if you skip the game, you're not going to get picked in the first round. I'm not saying that at all. There's obviously a case. I mean, if a guy's injured, especially Bowers, Mims, these guys are hurt. It's silly to go out there and play hurt. But if you're healthy, teams take note. Uh, who shows up? Who handles adversity? Who do you want in your locker room? And I think that the fact that Georgia has arrived connected after that difficult loss to Bama says everything about the culture of this program. It says everything about what Kirby Smart has built. And it says everything about the future of this program. Kirby's done it again. That 27-24 loss, and, and, and I'm, I stay very close to the program, so I say this, and maybe some people that are detached or maybe they haven't been paying attention because it hurt to lose it. But if you're dialing back in, if you're tuning back in now, I'm telling you there's a buzz. I'm telling you this is the beginning of – 2024 not not officially but what does this game mean? and Carson Beck is going to be watched this is the beginning of Carson Beck's 2024 Heisman Trophy campaign what Carson does because Carson's going into next year as one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the nation Carson Beck will be a Heisman Trophy favorite one of the top five going into next season Carson Beck is going to be angling for passing records next year Mike Bobo and Georgia 
are going to throw the ball all over the yard next year. Okay. This is going to be an explosive, mark my words, offense. And this is the start of it. And this is where they get the ball rolling. And how infectious is it? And how much momentum is it? Does it make it that much harder for Ladd and Javon Bullard to go, man, do we really want to leave this? I don't know. Again, Georgia practices are tough, guys. It's physical. It's rough. In the NFL, it's not as rough. They're not trying to prepare you for the next level, right? It's easier. But, you know, do these guys want to get off the bus as rookies next year carrying somebody else's luggage? Or do they want to be a part of another championship run, right? Now, again, you could, you could play devil's advocate. Well, you know, there's a chance that, you know, they, they could, well, there is. There's always a chance. But you only do this once. And what Georgia is doing right now is historic. And I'm telling you, Kirby Smart has found a way to put coal on the fire. You're going to see that Saturday. You're going to see Georgia come out playing lights out Saturday. I, I have no doubt about it. I, I feel like I know focus when I see it. And I think I pick up on teams' moods. I've been doing this 30 years. And the vibe is strong. From the time that Carson said he was coming back, I did a story uh, the other day uh, with one of the tight ends talking about next season and what Carson's return means to the Georgia Bulldogs. And it was really clear from Oscar Delp how the Bulldogs felt about next season. And if you haven't read that article, you need to read it because reading it from Delp makes you want to run through the wall. If you're a Bulldogs fan, he talks about unfinished business, right? He talks about a chip on the shoulder. I mean, the guy sounded like he wanted to go out there and play that day when we interviewed him uh, the Wednesday before. I guess it was about a week ago in Athens. So, uh, you know, Delp's commentary, Tyke, Tyke Smith's commentary, Kendall Milton right after that, Alabama, wanting to be out there. Um, a lot for Georgia fans to be excited about. And, again, I, I know there's a lot of, of, you know, fringe fans or NFL fans that watch a little college football that are saying, well, if it's not a playoff team, it's not this. Couldn't be further from the vibe I'm picking up at Georgia. You, you call this bowl whatever it is, and I've seen some fans already say they're watching. It doesn't matter what game it is. As long as that scoreboard is turned on and Kirby Smart's on the sideline, you're going to see some intensity. Um you're going to see some intensity. You're going to feel some intensity. Tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Brandon Adams live once again on Dog Nation Daily. I know you can't wait to get a live dose of Brandon Adams on Dog Nation Daily each day at 10 a.m. Uh, Jeff Centel before the hedges. Uh, I'm sure we will see Kaylee Manzel this week. Uh, her programming, her pregame programming, see her throughout the week. She does uh, shows with Marlowe's as well as Jittery Joe's. And then Connor Riley does his programs on Sunday night. I'm sure he will have a fantastic wrap-up Sunday night. And then next week, I'll be bringing you a special guest with the next On the Beat segment next Monday night. I think you're going to have a lot of fun with one of the guys I'm bringing in, a former Georgia player. Don't want to tease it too hard. Let's just say he understands what Trevor Etienne's about to go through. So uh, for my producer, Kaylee Menzel, uh, for my teammates, uh, Connor Riley, Jeff Santel, Brandon Adams, the Dog Nation team, we can't wait to bring you Orange Bowl coverage this week. Check us out. Every day on dognation.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Griffith32. Have a great week, everybody.